0: Uh, As the Lord's kind of laid on my heart as we prepare for uh, this Sunday, and as many of you have been and have even told me, Pastor, I've been praying for you, I've had people that have texted me, and I'm going to tell you something, I know you're praying for me because every day something has happened, every day. And every day when it happens, what happens, God fixes, and then we've been able to just continue on. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to throw my hands up in the air because I know that I'm on the right track and our church is on the right track because if we weren't, the devil wouldn't be fighting. And so, so it's, it's going to be a great, great weekend. And I want to thank you so much for praying for me and praying for this Sunday. Look here, keep praying, all right? Uh, pray pray tomorrow, pray, pray on Friday, pray on Saturday. And of course, uh, when you come Sunday, be prayed up. And so tonight I want to speak to you Uh, out of uh, one of the greatest passages uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was on this earth, and I've entitled tonight, Prayer Makes a Difference, and I hope that uh, maybe this will help you, and it's helped me as I've prepared it. Uh, We need to be a praying people. Uh, God's people ought to be praying people, and when you look at the passage tonight, of course, you can find even in Luke chapter number 11, where the disciples actually asked Jesus, This is what they said to him. Lord, can you teach us to pray as John's disciples prayed? Uh, We heard them pray. I don't know if you've ever, maybe you have a great prayer life, but there's been times in my life where I've been around some people that when they're praying, listen, I had to kind of open my eye and look around to see if I could see God. And I'm not joking. I, we, when that person was praying, I sensed that we were in the presence of God. And God says to us that prayer makes a difference. And that's why the disciples, they said, Lord, can you teach us to pray that way? So in this, what we, what, what we oftentimes call the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he took this opportunity to teach his disciples many things about the kingdom. One of the things that we'll look at tonight in Matthew 6 is where the Lord begins to speak about prayer. When He begins this topic about prayer, He gives two warnings. Look at chapter number 6 if you have your Bible. Notice the first two words, take heed. He says that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Uh, uh, otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest thine alms, uh, doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. (laughs) One time somebody said, so when I'm writing my tithe check, my left hand should know what my right hand's writing? <laughs> I don't know if that's a proper interpretation of that. But here's the two warnings that Jesus gives. And, and notice here in your outline, one is he tells them, don't pray as the hypocrites do. They pray to be seen. You know, they, they want everybody to hear them pray this great oration and how great they are, the great prayer. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Some of the greatest prayers only God hears. But I do believe the Bible gives us not only private prayer, but corporate prayer. And, and so Jesus, one of the warnings was, don't pray as the hypocrites. And the second one he says here is, don't pray as the heathen do. Heathen, the heathen people, unsaved people, they pray in vanity. In other words, most of their prayer is just empty, doesn't have much meaning to it. And watch this. Any of you remember your past where you prayed in repetition? I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I was a speed prayer when I was a kid. I could out-pray the priest. Now, most of the priests were 400 years old, but I could out-pray them. And so he gives two warnings here when it comes to this matter of prayer. Now look in Matthew chapter number 6, and look, let's drop down for sake of time, verse number 8. Look what it says here. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father, let's say those two words, your Father. Let's say them together. Here we go. Your Father. So is God your Father tonight? So who are you praying to? You're praying to your Father, right? I don't know about you, but I like that. He's my Father. And it says here, he says, like unto them, for your father, look at this word, knoweth. He knows. The Bible says here, he knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Now, sometimes people say, well, then why ask? Because God wants us to ask. There's a reason for that. Let's read on. Here's, and this is going to be a lot of the message tonight. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Now, here's where some people, how many of you have heard this called the model prayer? Right? Okay, now watch this. A model is an example. The Bible doesn't say every time you pray, pray this prayer. But it says here that after this manner, now watch the manner. Our Father, and the glory forever, Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye look at this, forgive not their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So when we, when you look at this, notice a couple of things about this prayer. Notice that his guide for our prayer. We're talking about this after this manner. He's guiding us. God, God, He's our Father. And so notice that when we pray, letter A, our prayer needs to begin with an emphasis on God. Amen. Look, that's where prayer should begin. Prayer is not gimme, gimme, gimme. Prayer should begin with God. So as we, as we consider this, it, clearly it shows us here in verses 9 and 10 That God desires that our praise and our wants, notice here, He wants our priorities and our praise to be right. That's, That's God's desire. Jesus Himself, He prayed for what? For God's will. He prayed for the Father's will. When Jesus was going through that great ordeal, going to the cross for our sins, Notice the Bible says that he prayed, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, read it, but thine be done. Now, did Jesus know what that entailed? Certainly, because he was God. But notice as we pray, his guide for our prayer should begin with an emphasis on God. And then, watch this, after we have emphasized God, secondly, then we should pray for our needs second. The Bible tells us that the pattern that we should pray, what are we praying for? Again, you just read it. We're praying for our provisions. We're praying for our personal relationships. And we're praying for God's protection in our lives. That's what what that prayer, we call model prayer. So his guide for our prayer is, first of all, the emphasis should be upward. It should be on God. Secondly, after we've emphasized God in prayer, then our prayer should be to meet our own needs. Now watch this. Look at letter C. How do you conclude the prayer? Well, if we go by the model prayer, then we conclude with an emphasis on God. So our prayer starts with God and then it moves to us, and then it finishes with God. So as we look at this, the Lord's pattern turns back an emphasis on God because you just read it. Look at this. Here's the emphasis at the end of the prayer. It's his kingdom, it's his power, and it's his glory. This Sunday, we're praying for this Sunday. What do we want? We want God's kingdom to be honored. We want god's power to be present we want god to get all the glory out of this sunday and so he gives us the guide for our prayer notice secondly notice his purpose i mean why why did jesus in matthew 6 when he was there on the sermon on the mountain by the way i don't know robert maybe a couple other people in here might remember i actually got to we were there where jesus preached this sermon I got to walk down the hill, and everybody was still on the hill, and I got to read part of the Sermon on the Mount, where they said that Jesus actually preached this sermon, and, and I'm going to tell you something, that was one of the, uh, I, the hair was standing up on the back of my neck just thinking about it. It might not have been the exact spot, but I'm going to tell you something, that excited me. You see, there's a purpose. God has a purpose for everything, and notice here, his purpose for our prayer, letter A, is that this prayer keeps us connected to the savior we need to be connected to the lord jesus christ at the end of a little girl's prayer she said very loudly this is what she said and lord you know i really want that bike and her mother was kind of startled and she was kind of why did my daughter say that so loudly and so she said to her daughter honey you don't have to yell. The Lord's not deaf. And she said, I know, but Grandma is. <laughs> See, that little girl knew Grandma could get her that bike. And so she was connected to Grandma. Well, guess what? Our father owns the cattle on the, uh, on the Thousand Hills and the wealth in every mine, right? And and our prayers, look here, there's a purpose for prayer. It connects us with the Savior. Uh, Look, the Bible, we read it. He knows what we have need of before we even ask Him. Oftentimes, I'm afraid that we have an inadequate and, and bare spiritual life simply because we don't pray. We don't spend time with God in prayer and because we don't spend time w- with God in prayer, listen, I- I'm telling you the truth even ab- about my own life at times. What happens is, is that we live a Christian life that is powerless. There's power in prayer. And we need to make sure that we have a prayer life. I love what James writes. He says, uh, don't forget, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Amen. You want to get close to God? Yes. Yeah. Pray. Prayer is an avenue to get closer to God. God's word reminds us, Jesus said in in that great passage in John 15, he says, for without me, ye can do nothing. Look, I can plan and prepare and have everything in its place for Sunday, but if God doesn't show up, nothing's going to happen. And that's why we need to pray. That's why I asked you this past week to pray, because, look, prayer keeps us connected to the Savior. Notice also here that the purpose of our prayer is to follow his guide for prayer. See, it's, it, Jesus said, not my will, but thine. God, how, how do you want this to happen? What do you want to be said? The Lord's prayer is not something, as we said earlier, it's not something to be recited. It's a pattern. It's a, the Bible uses the word manner. You know what manner means? It's a guide. It gives us something that that helps us how we should pray. It begins with an emphasis on God. Listen, here's what we mentioned. We mentioned thy name. We mentioned thy kingdom. We mentioned thy will. You know who that takes out of the picture? Us. See, we're emphasizing his name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. His kingdom. You know, you think about the disciples. They wanted him to establish his kingdom while he was on this earth, but Jesus said, my time is not yet. And then certainly we that we emphasize God's will. And when we, pray, when we pray according to God's pattern, what are we really saying? We're saying to God, it's your name, it's your will, and it's your kingdom. And all those things are more important to me than what I already have. God, I want what you want. That's my prayer, even as the pastor of this church. It's not, this isn't my church. I want God's will for our church. I'm praying that that's what God will do in in these next couple days, and especially this weekend. And So the emphasis, again, is, is God's pattern. It's all about God. And then the emphasis, we said earlier, it's simple. It's a simple pattern. Listen to these three things. You can find it right there if you go back to that model prayer. Listen, here's what we pray, give us this day. And then we pray, forgive us our debts. And then we pray, deliver us. See, we're, we mention God, but then it's, Lord, I need you. Please forgive me of, of, of sin in my life and, and give me the things that I need and deliver me from any temptation. See, the emphasis turns in a simple pattern. And I've included here, look at this, four aspects And I don't know if you've ever seen this, but you find it right here in Matthew chapter number 6, this model prayer. When it comes to praying the Lord's Prayer, notice these four words. It begins with adoration. Well, who are you adoring? Not yourself. You're adoring God. And watch this. After adoration comes confession. Well, listen, that's where we get right with God. And then you have thanksgiving. You're giving God thanks. And then look at the last part there is the word supplication. Uh, Years ago, somebody taught that to me. And here's how I remember it. Just like the book right after you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, A-C-T-S. So you have adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. It's a great model on how you can pray. So when, when you pray, there you go. Say, what should I pray for? I guarantee you, you start thinking about God, you'll start adoring him. You won't have to think long about what to say to God about how, how wonderful he is, how good he's been. And then you just go right on down that. It's a great thing. Look what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. There's a purpose for his prayer. He gave us that prayer, not so that we can just recite it. No, no, no. The the Bible tells us here it's a pattern. It's a guide. It helps us that when we pray, this is how we ought to pray. So we think about this. God has a purpose for our prayer, but then notice what is his desire. As we pray, here it is, don't miss this, is that you and I would acknowledge him. Now, the word acknowledge, I gave this definition to you, it means to admit to be real or true, to recognize, recognize the existence, the truth or fact of. Say, well, you know, pastor, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Certainly, I believe God exists. Well, sometimes I think Christians live like God doesn't. You know, we have to acknowledge the very existence of God. Look at some of these things. When you think of his desire, why would God give us this prayer? Because he wants us through the prayer, to acknowledge Him. What are some things we should acknowledge about Him? Notice, first of all, we should acknowledge His sovereignty. This deals with His power. This deals with His authority. Look at Isaiah, wrote, Hear ye that are afar off what I have done, and ye that are near acknowledge my might. (coughs) Nancy sat back there and said the doctor says he has no idea no idea how Angie's numbers could be where they're at God says right there what I have done acknowledge my might God can work he is able the children one day they were lined up like they do in school in the cafeteria elementary school for lunch and at the beginning of the line There was a large pile of apples. A teacher wrote a note and she put it, posted it right there by the apples. And here's what the note said. As as they were coming by with their tray and they saw that pile of apples, there was a note. And the note said this. It says, take only one, God is watching. (laughs) And so these little kids, you know, elementary kids, they come by, they see that sign, take only one, God's watching. So they they take one, they make their way down the line, their other things, food items, and they get to the end of the food line. And of course, they, they never did figure out who it was, but some little child wrote a note and put it right there at the end because there was a large pile of chocolate chip cookies at the end of the line. And some little kid wrote a note after seeing that note about the apples. And they wrote that note and they set it there without the teacher seeing it. And here's what the note read in front of the chocolate chip cookies. Take all you want. God's watching the apples. <laughs> and you know what, you know what I could say is we can all get all bent out of shape about the coming election and about what's going on in Iran. And what's going on with this and what's going on with that. But you know, I, I'm gonna tell you something. I have a real peace in my heart. And you know why? Because I know God's sovereign. And when I think about his desire, listen, that's one of the reasons God wants us to pray. It's because it reminds us of God's sovereignty. And we need to acknowledge that, his power, his authority. Look at the second thing we should acknowledge, that he's the source of all good gifts. When when you and I, when we go somewhere, I hope you do this, but when you go somewhere publicly and you're going to get some food, I hope you take the time to bow your head and pray and thank God for the food and the drink that you're about to partake of. And look, when you do that, what are you doing? You're acknowledging God. You're acknowledging that God owns everything, and that God has provided that that food that you're about to partake of. James said in one seventeen, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So when we pray, look at what it says, we have to acknowledge the sovereignty of God. We acknowledge He's the source of all good gifts. God doesn't give junk. God gives good things. I love, look here, from time to time, you need to do what I've done over the years. Go back to the Genesis account, the creation account, and read over and over again in that account where it says, and God said that it was good. And God said that it was good. Nowhere in there do you find where it says, and God said it was bad. Everything God makes is good. He's the source of all good gifts. Notice another thing we need to acknowledge is that we belong to him. Do you know that if you're saved tonight, you're a child of the king? And when we pray, you know what it reminds me? It reminds me that he's my father. I belong to him. And as I pray, look, I have to recognize, watch this, just like I did when I was a kid, my father, Gary Keeley. My father had rules. My father had principles for my life that governed my life. And and my dad didn't give a bunch of rules because he just was rule happy. I'm the king and I'm going to make all these rules so that I can make my son miserable. No, he created these things for our home, for us as children. Why? Because he loved us. And when you think about God, he's our father, look... He is, he, we belong to him. And so we have to recognize that his rules, his principles for our lives are more important than our own. And when you pray, guess what happens is you realize how very important that is. So look, God is the source of truth. In other words, what God says goes. You ever see a little kid, maybe your children did this to you, but why? But but why? If God said it, he means it. Whatever God says goes. Look at Psalm 51, verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgressions, my sin is ever before me against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. See, the psalmist is saying there that, that look, whatever God says goes. He says, I have to acknowledge that I belong to him. And then look at the last thing I see that we have to acknowledge, and we understand this through prayer. His desire is that we would acknowledge our responsibility, and that is that we would praise him and that we would adore him. You know, look, I mentioned to you earlier the acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. So watch this. If that's the way that he lays it out, that's the manner, then watch this then according to that passage, we should not ask anything from God until we've adored Him. You know, a lot of times people want to start with, you know, hey God, this is what I need, this is what I need. It's kind of like when my children and and maybe your children used to come to you and, and they would come to you and they would start to give you compliments. Dad, you look handsome today. I love you, Dad. You know, and when kids come to you, it's like, okay, what did they do? You know, they're giving you these compliments, or or watch this, not what did they do, what do they want. Right? And if you go to God, guess what? God knows everything. God already knows what we did. And God already knows what we want, right? As parents, we never had that luxury. But I'll tell you this: look. From time to time, I've always, I've loved this over the years, when my kids just come and sit down, and watch this, and talk with me. What a novel thing. For children to talk to their parents. It's a wonderful thing. And you know what happens when you acknowledge God and you pray? You're talking to God the creator of the universe. And God says, look, acknowledge that your responsibility is to talk with me, spend time with me. And that's clearly shown in the scriptures that we should praise and we should worship God in a true biblical manner. (laughs) You think about, uh, you know, we say it around here often, God's good all the time, right? You know why he's good? Because he's met our needs. He's been patient with us. He's provided for us. He's been long suffering. Watch this. He saved us from our sins. You know, God's amazing. He's forgiving. He's loving. He's compassionate. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. You want to know how we should behave, how we should adore Him, how we should praise Him? Look at Revelation 7. After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, in all nations and kindreds. And people and tongues. I think this is Bible Baptist in Pembroke Pines. And it says, They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, psalms in their hands, cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces. And worshiped God. Saying amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom. And thanksgiving and honor and power and might. Be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. David was in his life much like that. David had times where he got to praise God and adore God. Uh, they, they they say that Psalm 29 may have stemmed from where uh, God might have allowed David in those Judean hills to see like we sometimes see here in South Florida, maybe one of those powerful thunderstorms roll in. and, And David beheld that and he wrote these words, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. David, David's looking. You ever done that? You ever look at a rainbow and think about how majestic God is? My God made that. You know, we we have a responsibility to praise God. Right before uh, the nation of Israel was to be led into the promised land, Moses wrote these words, Lord, you you are the rock. You are like the rock, Moses said. When we see a beautiful sunset or maybe the power of a storm, the stars at night, a sunrise, we behold the majesty of God around us. Charles Spurgeon uh, had kind of a a unique insight. He said these words, Neither men nor angels can, can confer anything upon Jehovah, but they should recognize His glory and might and ascribe it to Him in their songs and in their hearts. You know, I I think about this matter of prayer. We we should pray, and when we do pray, we are acknowledging who God is. There's a a football coach from years ago, Coach Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden used to tell a story when he was younger, and there there he is right there, coach the Seminoles. But when he was younger, he played baseball, and he told the story about his baseball days when he was in college and and bobby said that that when uh, he had never hit a home run but he got very excited one day when he hit a line drive and and the ball went down the first base line and he was able to take off and run the bases and he was so excited when he arrived at home played all the all the players on his team because he had never hit a home run they were all waiting to meet him they were giving him high fives you know he was enjoying the moment and about about in the midst of that all of a sudden the opposing pitcher threw the ball to first base, and the umpire yelled this word, you're out. The problem is, Bobby said, is somehow he inadvertently forgot to touch first base. Here he was thinking he scored his first home run, you know, hit his first home run, but Over the years, Coach Bowden used that story to illustrate to his players, if you don't take care of first base, it doesn't matter what you do. And when you think of that lesson that Coach Bowden used, there's a lesson in prayer that we can learn from his advice. See, if we go to God in prayer without first honoring Him for who He is, and what He's done, we're missing first base. We must start our prayer with God. And many of the that's why I love the hymns, and a lot of churches have got away from the hymns. But you know what a lot of our hymns in our hymn book are? They are an expression of us praising God for what He has done, for who He is. I hope tonight as we've looked at this model prayer, pray after this manner. I hope you realize the importance of prayer, that prayer makes a difference. Somebody said, pray. Pray often. Pray with faith. Pray knowing that it makes a difference. Amen. So, tonight I wanted to just take maybe the last five minutes or so, or if you want to take longer. We don't do this often, but as we think about this coming weekend, we think about what we're asking God to do. I think it'd be fitting of us as a people to maybe to take five, 10 minutes and just find somebody. Maybe it's a, a spouse or a friend. But let's just take this time and of course certainly we've got a prayer page and we've got many prayer requests that we've mentioned, we've written down. But if nothing else, let's pray for this Sunday. A lot of things have to come together, but see, God knows. And see, listen, I'm not going to pray for Sunday until I've spent some time adoring my God. He's my Father. And then remember, if there's something in your life, the next step is to confess. Because anything in our lives that comes between us and God is going to hinder the work of God. And then the Bible says, then we ought to thank God. And then make our supplications known unto God. So let's take a few moments and let's find somebody. Let's not make sure no one is praying by themselves tonight. And you just find whether it's there, you want to come to the altar. But again, let's find somebody. And when you're finished praying, if you do us a favor, if you can just quietly maybe go out to the foyer if you wanted to talk. That way those that are still praying were respecting their time with the Lord tonight. And so let's find somebody and and let's get along with God tonight and ask the Lord to bless this coming weekend. Would you do that with me tonight?